welcome to the Heritage Church Podcast. My name is Jason Fisher, and I'm being joined here today by none other than the Josh Feig. Josh, say hello. Hey, everybody. Hey, so one of the things that we are doing uh, pretty regularly on this podcast is just uh, interviewing different people in our church. And really the point is for anybody, but especially people in our church to get on and listen. And maybe there's somebody who doesn't know Josh super well, and uh, maybe you hear some things and you're like, oh, that guy sounds pretty cool. I would like to get to know him. And, uh, you know, and then that's that's how the magic happens. So, Josh, how are you doing today? Good. I can assure you I'm not very cool. Though. Well, that's not true. That's not true. You, you definitely dress like you're cool. Like, <clears throat> let's just get that out of the way here for a second. If you see Josh on any given day, uh, you dress pretty well. It's very kind of you. Yeah. Well, is that, is that something that uh, you, you put some thought into, right? Probably. Yeah. 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 It's pretty. It's. I want to say it comes naturally, but there's definitely some thought that goes into it coming well, naturally. That's all right. Is that, have yeah. you always been that way? Uh, I, no, I haven't. Yeah. No. I was in the military, and I didn't really care much before that yeah. about how I looked. I was kind of frumpy, and okay. I would wear clothes that were oversized. And I want to see I that. Wasn't, I want no, to see frumpy, I've got pictures. frumpy fag. Yes. I've got photos <laughs> um, to be seen later. Yeah. Um, yeah, so no, I... I got more in tune with my grooming and, okay. you know, things like that. And then aesthetics, yeah. I've always been pretty big on aesthetics. Yeah. And I just kind of put the two together after they yeah. got me focused on how I, how I looked, excuse me. So, yeah, it's, it hasn't always been a thing. Yeah. You know, uh, my, I, most of my adult life, probably. I, I, I like it. You, uh, yeah. yeah. It's usually the shoes that people notice. Yeah, for sure. I'm kind of a But then you guy. start to like, oh, wow, the shoes actually match the belt and then, uh, you know. Yeah. yeah, that's good. That's a faux pas. Yeah. don't match. <laughs> it is. How about brands? Do you match brands? Like, do you like... Like, no. like for me, like I hate wearing, you know, Puma socks with Adidas shoes. That just I'm, seems to be. Yeah. I'm pretty heavy Nike, but I yeah. do not discriminate necessarily. Like I own stuff for other brands and I will wear a pair of shorts that's Nike and an Under Armour shirt or I'll wear, yeah. you know, a Nike hat and an Adidas shirt. Like I'm not that hardcore. Okay. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. That's good. That that's seemed a little bit all right. over the top. Yeah. Well. I apologize for starting out so superficially, but, uh, <laughs> you know, um, you obviously, I mean, you're sitting here, you, the listeners can't see, but mm -hmm. you're a big Angels fan. You're a sports fan, right? Yeah, I'm a sports fan. My yeah. kids both play baseball. I grew up playing baseball. Okay. Also a basketball fan. Um, but, you know, these, this time of year, it's pretty baseball heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, you have. So the Angels are your favorite team. What, yeah. Why is that? Did you grew up in California. I grew up in California. Okay. I mostly Southern California. Spent a couple years back east. In the middle of my early childhood, um, I was born in Tulare, California, which is just outside Bakersfield, in the okay. Central Valley. Okay. That's where my mother's from, and uh, we moved back east when I was like just after kindergarten, like five or so. I lived in Maryland for a couple of years and then moved back to California to the same general area. My father was in the Air Force and then he was in aerospace and we went to um, a place called the Antelope Valley, which is just northeast of LA by about 90 minutes Okay, on the other side of the San Gabriel Mountains if you're headed out towards the Central Valley. Um, so spent most of my childhood there. 
I sort mm. of forgot, I forgot that your dad was in the Air Force. Yes. You went into the Air Force. Yes. Was that uh, something, was there an expectation there for you with that? Or you just, no. yeah, like, like walk me through kind of your decision to join the Air Force, especially given that your father was in the Air Force. Yeah. So no, I was, when I was, so if you keep going, keep going down the timeline, like we moved back East again uh, when I was a sophomore in high school. Okay. So like I had all these established relationships from time I was in second grade till I was a sophomore in high school. It's like eight years or so. And we moved back East and my sister and I were kind of uprooted as kids at that point. We were pretty far along in our childhood and um, things went kind of sideways for me. I wasn't always a great student, but I've, I've always been able to get by mm -hmm. on my, just on my basic smarts and I didn't have to try very hard in yeah. school and I didn't try at all and barely got through high school and started hanging out with a crowd of guys that was having a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I stuck with that group and eventually my dad, after about a year and a half out of school was like, you know what? I'm not going to fund the fun anymore. Like you're going to, he's like, you know, he's a military man. He kind of put up with it for a long time and, you know, helped me out on a few occasions, but eventually he was like, you know what? I can't anymore. And so I decided to join up and that yeah. was his advice. He yeah. was like, look, I don't think you're an army man. Yeah. And I think, I don't think you're a Marine. Okay. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> how do you like, like, yeah. Like, how do you, how do you know someone's an army man yeah, or, or a Marine or yeah, something? I don't know. Paul, yeah, Man, Paul like, Mend I, I, we have friends in church that Paul Mendoza listens to this. He's a Marine. He could probably tell you what a Marine is. But see, but so you if know, you had, if you had to peg me, yeah. if you, you know, if I was going to go off into one of the branches of the army, what, what am I? Well, one of branches of the sir any of the any, services, any, 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 not an army, yeah, yeah. Any, any military. That's what I meant. <laughs> I've already like um, showed my hand. Yeah, here you already this. played yeah, your yeah. hand there. <laughs> um, I'd probably peg you for an Air Force guy. Oh, an Air Force like, guy. Yeah. Okay. I think that um, personality plays a big role, okay. and people who are technically adept, people who um, are not necessarily into being like heavy labor, yeah. you know, you're not into big, you're not into big into weapons. Yeah. You're not it's, big it's into my, like hand It's my soft hand. hands, right? That well, you're, you're a woodworker, that's right? That's true. You're, yeah. You, you're a craftsman. That's true. And so there's a technician, there's a technician side there, Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. And I think that plays a role. Yeah. You know what I mean? There are some guys who are more into the fight, bottom line. Yeah. Right. And, and that's, that's true. The yeah. army and the Marines, you're in the fight. Yeah. And then you have other people with a different type of competitiveness and you don't have to be on the front lines to be competitive. I mean, fighter pilots are competitive, but yeah. you know, they're thousands of feet in the air firing rockets. Totally. You know what I mean? So yeah. my dad knew me, knew my personality. And he was like, you're probably not great for those two services, but he's like, if you're going to join up, you should, you should go to the Navy or go into the air force. Okay. And he was in the air force and yeah, I didn't have any, we had some Navy in my family. Uh, so, so my, my father's one of four boys and three of the three or one of five boys and three of them served. My grandfather served in world war two. He had two sons that were in the Navy in Vietnam. And then my father served in the air force. Wow. And then my mom, on my, on my mother's side of the family, we had family all the way going all the way back to the revolutionary war served in no every, way. Yeah, absolutely. Every conflict all the way up through Vietnam. Uh, um, the fights so. out of fighting lot. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so my dad said, you should join up and, and, uh, 
if you don't, you got to figure it out. And I was like, man, yeah. I can't figure this out. Yeah. I got to go. And I, and I changed my life. So this is interesting. I, yeah. I wasn't planning on talking about this, but you're yeah. sparking something for me. So you had, you, you have this from the perspective of the kid who's kind of making the choices and dad is like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make life a little bit miserable for you so that you have to make some better choices. Right. Yeah, force my hand a bit. And not like make it miserable, but like, you know, it's yeah. time for you to take some responsibility and no longer fund the fun as you yeah. said. So I'm kind of in that phase of life a little bit where my kids are growing to be adults. Mm -hmm. And so Shannon and I are talking through like, okay, you know, how do you, you know, how do you, it's not even necessarily funding the fund. My, my, my kids aren't, you know, they're, they're, they have great friends and they're making great choices and stuff, mm -hmm. but they also like, it just becomes comfortable when mom and dad are paying for car insurance and, mm -hmm. you know, the rent, yeah. and, like, you know, just different, different things like that. And yeah. so we're kind of talking through like, how do you make that transition and, and sort of like drop the hard news, like, Hey, we're not going to pay for this anymore. So yeah, you need to get a job and, yeah. and do these things. And from a parent's perspective, it seems like kind of mean, harsh, harsh. Yeah. 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 Do you, do you remember what that felt like from the other side? Yeah. hundred percent. I remember feeling like, man, I got to get something done. Like I gotta, I gotta do something yeah. because I was, I mean, I guess I had a mind, I'm, I'm pretty self-aware and I kind of understood where I was and what I was doing mm -hmm. and that I needed a change. Right. I, I figured that out sort of on my own, but my dad dropping the hammer on me and being like, look, I'm not going to keep loaning you money to go waste on parties or yeah. whatever it is you're doing. I mean, I even had a job at the time. I wasn't like, I wasn't freeloading. Yeah. You know, I lived in another part of the state, right? I was in Virginia at the time and I lived in Blacksburg and my parents lived near DC. I was four hours away. I wasn't like living in their house or anything. Okay. I had a, I had a couple of different jobs, mm -hmm. but I kept wasting my money and I was, I was doing too many things in my life that weren't what I needed to be doing, which was working and go to school. And I would still have to lean on them sometimes yeah. for help. And my father was just like, you can't, I can't help you out anymore. You got to figure it out. And I just took the news. I remember talking with friends and I took the news kind of hard at first. And I told these, you know, friends what I was thinking about doing. And I had some friends who were like, I don't know if that's best for you. And then I had other friends who were like, like, why not? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're not, school's not working out. Yeah. You know, go, go join up. Yeah. And I, I already had that. I, I would also say that it was a powerful example for my father and, you know, my uncles and this family history of military is a way that you can start your life. Yeah. You know, you can do this and it's not necessarily forever, but it's a way to kind of break the cycle that you're in. You just get out of that repetitive need for support. Yeah. And I think from, so from that other side, it's a wake up call, yeah. but it's a good wake up call. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For most folks, I would guess like it's the, the push that they need to change direction and move away from relying on mom and dad. Yeah. And, yeah. You know? Yeah. So. That's good. Well, 
Kids, if you're listening, you're cut off. Um, <laughs> if you break a bone, you're on your own. <laughs> That's a great rhyme. Yeah, too. yeah. Not funding it just fun came out. It didn't, mean, it didn't mean to make a rhyme. It. So, do you? One more thing on the on the military thing, and we'll move on. But um, do you? Obviously, you've got a rich history there of, mm-hmm. of your 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 family that you just talked about. What do you think about like you have two boys? Have you thought, you know, you think about their future. Yeah. Do you think they'll uh, end up following in your footsteps at all? I don't know if my wife would be happy about that. Yeah. We've had that conversation, but, you know, I, I think when the time comes when they're men, yeah, that it'll be up to them. And I've given other fathers advice from the same end who have sons who are younger you know, and, and told them what it meant for me and how it changed my life in certain ways. And that I think is how I'll figure out whether or not it's best for my children or whether I would give them that advice at that time as adults. Yeah. Right. Cause they will be adults. Right. And I'll simply have to say, you know what, you're a man, you've got a choice to make. This is what the military is going to do for you. Yeah make the choice for yourself. Yeah. You know, if, and it, like I said before, it requires some self-examination. Like you have to be self-aware and understand that it's a thing I need in my life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's not a good choice if it's not what you need. Yeah. If, if you go into it and you know, there were people like this that I met while I was in the service and training and basic training, whatever they'll wash out or they'll, they'll get through training and they won't last long and they'll end up getting discharged because they didn't come to it with an attitude of this is something that I, ha- I need to do for myself in my life. And, and if it's, whether it's, you believe that you need to serve or you believe you need to make a change in your life for the better. Yeah. Those are good reasons for doing it. Somebody telling you, you have to do it is usually not going to be a thing that works out for you. Yeah. So for my children, when they become men, that's the way that I'm going to have to talk yeah. to them about it. If it seems like a thing that they're considering and want to do, you know, your family has a history of this. This yeah. is what it's going to do for you. Now you get to make that choice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, tell me, uh, tell me a little bit about your faith journey. Like, how did you? Yeah. How, so my, my father is, was raised and is still a Jew. Mm-hmm. Um, my great grandparents came from Hungary to the United States. So he's a, he's a, a second generation American. I'm a third generation American on that side. Okay. Eastern European. My mother's family, obviously I told you goes way back yeah. much further than that. So yeah. kind of opposite ends. My mom, my mother was raised Baptist. And when she met my father, she became a Jew also. Okay. So I was raised in a Jewish home. Yeah. Relatively what we would call reform for anybody who knows the different Jewish sects that's, you know, denominations is, primarily conservative and Hasidic, which is Orthodox. And then there's reform, which most people are familiar with in the Christian faith as a certain branch of, you know, Christian faith. Reform Judaism is relatively secular in nature. It's not as hardcore as wearing black hats with brims and, you know, curly sideburn and called payas on your head or anything like that. It's, you know, the most folks that you would meet in everyday America who consider themselves Jewish. Yeah. So that was my upbringing. I was... What's the, you know, you don't, I grew up in the, I grew up in the church, the evangelical church, no less. And so, yeah, you don't really, we don't really think about like, oh yeah, there's like different almost denominations within other, other world religions like Judaism. Yeah. Uh, What's, like, what's the relationship like between uh, like the reformed 
Jewish people and the Hasidic or the Orthodox? Or I mean, I I only ever was in Reformed communities. Yeah. So I was never really around conservative communities. Yeah. Well, my father, I think, grew up in a more conservative type of um, synagogue, and it, it's I would. Hasidic Jews, who are the ones that are super ultra orthodox, yeah. are much different than conservative and reformed Jews. Like, they are um, extremely attentive to the law, mm-hmm. right? To the Old Testament law and following the law to the letter. And, you know, do and conservatives to a much lesser degree, and then reformed Jews to an even further yeah. lesser degree than that. The relationship between them wasn't really something that I encountered in my life other than the knowledge of some of the different customs, which is similar to different denominations of Christianity, Baptist, um, Lutheran, Catholicism, like, you know, uh, there are different different ways of doing things, but there are commonalities rooted in the basic traditions, Mm -hmm. right? The the holidays are the same. A lot of the customs are the same, but... You don't, uh, reformed Jews typically don't have, <clears throat> excuse me, a different refrigerator for meat and dairy, mm. right? Which every Orthodox synagogue has a different refrigerator for yeah. meat and dairy, yeah. right? Certain things are done differently, right? But um, so it, the interplay wasn't a part of my yeah. childhood. It was, you know, we had yeah. one, I grew up in a place where there were probably two or three synagogues in the whole city yeah at the most if i remember right it's probably different now but yeah um so, so yeah so growing up what was your what was your perception or understanding of god i only knew the god of the torah right the god who had a personal relationship with abraham moses isaac jacob yeah the forefathers of the faith and there's very much a above and below feeling you know mm-hmm. in terms of god being um, obviously superior to everything. Um, and yet I, I remember a rabbi distinctly talking to me about what, you know, I, I was a small child, I think at the time. And I said something like, where is God? And the communication was that God is everywhere, Mm. everywhere you look, Mm. he is creation. He's done all of this. What you see around you is God. So never think that where you go, God isn't there. Right. He's he's everywhere you need, everywhere you look and wherever you need him to be. So I would say that that formed a lot of how I felt about God. Yeah. It was just that God was near, but also separate from us. Yeah. Far away. Yeah. Right. There's not a it's not a feeling like he's in you or mm. anything like that. It's, you know, I'm a created being and God is superior to me and I don't really know his ways. And, yeah, you know, um, so not necessarily distant, but also not yeah. personal. You know? Well, I think that was telling when you when you said that he's a god of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah, right. And and that you even used the word personal yeah. relationship with those guys. Yeah. But you it sounds like you didn't really feel that. No, I I mean, you know, I think in in the you know times when I've talked about it with people, it. It was more like a heritage and a tradition and a personal. It was even to me, it felt a lot of the time like a personal responsibility mm. as opposed to 
what my faith was, yeah. right? Like the connection that I had was to yeah. the people, to my yeah. people. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? No, I still feel very strong, yeah. you know, from, a, from the perspective of my heritage, it's still a very strong yeah. sense of that. And um, that doesn't go away. I know a lot of Christian communities who could learn from that and just having more of a communal mindset and, yeah. and understanding. So how did you, how, how did you, you're, you're now following Jesus. How did that happen? Like, um, when I was in the military, I was stationed in Japan for a little while. I met my wife just before, geez, it was the same year I left, uh, you know, um, I think we had been dating or together for don't fire me for this, Amber. Um, like nine months, maybe, yeah. I think. I left in September. We'll get Amber on here next week and she'll just <laughs> she'll clean it all up. So uh, like nine months or so, we had been dating, but yeah. by the time I left, okay. right? I think we met in January of 2002 and I left in September okay. of that year. Um, so... I left and I was very attached to her by that time. Yeah. You know, I'd fall in love with her and I didn't necessarily want to go. And I decided I wanted to leave and go somewhere. It, you know, I'm in, I was in the Air Force at the time. Mm -hmm. You put your wish list together and you say, I'll go to any of these places. And I put Italy and Germany. I was like, I want to leave the States. They don't do that this, in the Army, do they? They you do everywhere. Do yeah, they? 100%. I, yeah. <laughs> you can, you can just put your name you, you need to, Yeah, you just go where we tell you to go. Well, th that's what happens. Yeah. Right? So you just get a list okay. and, and they can pick where they want to send you <laughs> yeah. from your list. Japan was not at the top of my list. It was at the bottom, but I put it on there. And as soon as you put it on the list, yeah. they'll give you orders to go. Yeah. Right. You want to volunteer to go? Yeah. Have at it. Yeah. Like, and, but places like, you know, Aviano, Italy and, you know, oh, yeah. Spengdalem, Germany and Lake, Lake and Heath and, in Britain and, you know, those places. So your, are, top, those, your top of the list was on everyone's Aviano top of the list, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Europe yeah. Europe is the place where people want to go. Yeah. East is a lot different. Japan right? sounds cool, though. It's very cool. It was a cool place to go. Yeah. It's where I found Jesus. So I left and he met me there. Wow. Um, you know, I got, I was feeling very depressed. I was probably severely depressed. It was acute. Mm -hmm. So... I was, you know, I was in a bad place. I would have crying spells. I'd wake up in the middle of the night and wow. just weep. Like wow. I was, it was terrible. What do you, what do you owe that to? What do you, what do you attribute? I that to? think the separation, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, from her generally from, uh, I felt like my people, I was, I even, I sought out Jewish community mm -hmm. there and it didn't really exist. You wow. know, there were lay people maybe that were leading service kind of, um, sporadically, but it was mostly, um, a small group mm. and it was hard to connect. Yeah. And, um, Amber had witnessed to me before that mm. I'd kind of been exploring already before yeah. I left, you know? So you might've been in some spiritual turmoil and conflict. It, yeah. Too, that's probably an accurate way to put it. You yeah. know, I was, you know, there were things inside me that were like leading me to, you know, try to figure it out. Yeah. What did I believe? Yeah. You know, and which by the way, I, I just think it's so awesome that God found you in Japan. Yeah. Because I mean, Japan is not a Christian nation. Like no. the, the, the amount of Christians in Japan are very small. Yeah. Um, obviously you were, you're on an air force base. So that was yeah. a little different. I'm sure. Sure. Nevertheless, like it's just, that's just cool. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. I mean, he finds you in the places yeah. so, where so, you wouldn't expect. So anyway, yeah. you're, 
you're not sleeping. You're yeah. having these emotional was, breakdowns. I was emotionally right? wreck, a yeah. wreck most yeah. of the time. You know, I was struggling at work. I'm, I have flat feet and it wasn't a, a picnic for me to be in the service either, mm. you know, because of all of the walking that I had to do for my job and things like this. And you so to, I was physically yeah. bothered a bit. And I, so the shorter, the shorter version of the story, I mean, you kind of get the whole thing there, but the end of the story is I was, I just decided to look up the prayer, look up a prayer. Mm. It's like, what do I do? if I wanted to become a Christian, right? Huh. I just want, this is like the days of dial up, man. Like, so yeah, I get yeah. on <laughs> dial up in my dorm room. You had to really want it. Yeah. You <laughs> dial it up in your dorm room and the, you know, I read the prayer and you know, it was, you know, do you believe in God and do you believe that you're a sinner? Yeah. And do you believe that Jesus died on the cross to save you from your sins? And if you believe these things, then yeah. you're saved. Yeah. And I, I got down next to my bed and I, got on my knees and I prayed that. Yeah. And, you know, for, for me, it was personal revelation of God in, in a physical sense. Like it was as though I was wearing, like if you were to walk around with like a 30 pound weighted vest on, and then somebody were to reach down and take that vest off of you. Wow. That was the experience that I have. And it gives yeah. me goosebumps right now to even think about yeah. it. Like it was that in that moment when I finished it was as though he was in the room with me and had removed all of the weight that I was carrying on me. Wow. Um, so yeah, that was, that's how it happened. Yeah. It was pretty incredible. Yeah. So how did that, like, can I ask, um, at some point you have a conversation with your parents about this, right? Yeah. Like, like what was yeah. that like? It was kind of in a roundabout way yeah. initially and, you know, my, uh, when I finally came home, you know, I shared with a lot of people right away, yeah. like the, the story that I just told you, yeah. like about what happened. Yeah. But, um, I think I'm a little bit deferential to my family, you know, and in the same vein as, you know, with Jesus, you know, there was a discussion around whether or not he would save the people mm -hmm. that were closest to him. Right. And, um, that it might come from somewhere else. It might not be him who brings the message. And I've been pretty deferential with respect to sharing the story in its full mm. glory, um, which is God's in the end. But I had a conversation with my dad. He was just like, what, you know, what happened? And I was like, I changed. Things changed for me, you know, and I told him and he was very accepting. Mm. You know, he, he gave me a hug and yeah. you know, told me he loved me and yeah. it's it's fine. They, they understand the choice that I made and my life and they're proud of me. And, yeah. you know, there's not any kind of schism between us. Um, never has been, you yeah. know, and they knew who, they know who I am. They know what I believe. Yeah. Um, and I've left it at that. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. I, in some ways I envy your perspective having grown up Jewish mm -hmm. and then, Jesus finding you and now you're following Jesus. Uh, I have to believe you, you have a pretty rich understanding and sense of like, I guess I, even like when, you know, we're going through Exodus right now, yeah. like that's the Jewish story that yeah. that's it. Like Passover, um, God rescuing people, his people out of Egypt. Like yeah. that is the story that is told and retold and retold Yep, every year. And so I'm, you know, I'm studying this and I'm, 
I don't know. I guess there's just I don't I don't have the experience of growing up and celebrating the Passover like yeah. that, like that or sweeping the house, so to speak, for. <laughs> yeah, that's another part of the reform thing. We didn't always sweep the house for all the leaven. No, but, but yeah. there's still there's still things that you do even sure. for the kids, right? Like yeah. around that time and stuff yeah. that that it's it's meant to commemorate or yeah, remember absolutely. that. Absolutely, it's and, a part of tradition that you learn yeah. as a child, and that's this that story is the, you know the. For us, I mean, as a, as what I remembered as a child, that was the most important story that we could learn yep. from the Bible. Absolutely. The story of the Exodus, the promise that God made to his people, yeah. that he would rescue them, yeah. and then he was faithful to them, and he did it. Yes. Right? And, and it is. It yes. is the most important right. story until Jesus. Right. And so I, that's what I'm, I guess I'm getting at, is you have this rich perspective and understanding, mm-hmm. I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but how how Jesus fits into that and, and, and completes and fulfills yeah. what was done with the Israelite people in Exodus. Yeah. Do you, do you have a sense of that? Sure. Yeah. Of that, ri- I mean, that kind of that richness, your perspective yeah, on it? Absolutely. I mean, I identify with Jesus who is a Jew who is, yeah. you know, right, right. like he was a poor Jew in the middle East in the time of Rome who um, brought a radical idea yeah. to these, to the, to the people about what God meant to everyone and not just to the Jewish people. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but as far as like, you know, e- e- just the, even the story of Exodus and the story to me, it's all about the story of Easter. Right. Like I think every year I, I try to, I have a conversation with you or somebody I'm like, Easter is my favorite holiday Yeah. because the, the symbolism of, of what happened to Jesus, especially Holy week, the, this, you know, the Passover and all of that. Yeah. It's just so perfect that God, only God could have told that story in the way that he did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Jesus is the lamb of God. Lamb is the sacrifice mm. so that you can avoid the angel of death. Mm. Jesus saves us from eternal death. Yeah. Like every, there's a parallel that comes with the story of Jesus as God's perfect sacrifice and the story of the sacrifice that the Jews made in order to avoid the 10 plagues, in order to escape Egypt. All of it is interwoven almost, you know, when you line the stories up, there's there's nothing that's Mm. untouched in either story, you know, that the Exodus influenced what God did with Jesus. He knew this was the perfect story for my people at that time. And now I'm telling the perfect story for all people for all time. Yeah. Right. That's great. Well, that's a really good place to finish our time, Josh. I really appreciate your time. And, and, yeah. uh, yeah, I, I could, I could sit here for many more hours just talking about all these different things with you. Yeah, me um, too. Yeah. Um, appreciate you and your family and your friendship. Uh, the last thing that I do like to do is, uh, end on a, a ridiculous note. Uh, but sometimes it's a little telling, you know, okay. sometimes, yeah. So I've got this, uh, this question book, random questions here. Uh, okay, here we go. Apart from your profession, what are you an expert in? Or at least the, like the closest thing to an expert in your kind of idea of things. Wow. <laughs> that's a funny, that's a good one. That forces me to think about a lot of things. Yeah. What am I an expert in? Yeah. Well, here, let's put, let me phrase it this way. What's something that... Um, not everybody's into, but like, like you, you have a pretty good working knowledge of this thing. Um, whatever, you know, whatever 
could be professionally. It could be. Well, it's an outside your job. So yeah, that's true. I'm going to say, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say baseball. Okay. I, I watch a lot of baseball. Uh I used to play a lot of baseball as a kid, um, all the way up and through high school. And now I coach baseball. So I'm around it a lot. So outside of my professional life, I'm an expert in that. Yeah. You know, I can talk about baseball all day with anybody. All, everything that's going on in Major League Baseball, I'm usually up on what's going on with all of that. I know we got some other baseball fans. Hopefully some of them are listening. Yeah. Um, and we can connect on baseball. But, yeah, I would say baseball. Okay. For all sure. Right. Very cool. For sure. it's, a well, good good. Way to, it's a good way to end. Well, thanks, Josh. Um, to those of you who are listening, uh, if you are not part of our church community and want to check it out, you can go to heritagechurchaz.com and at least... Uh, uh, at least get some of your questions answered. And then from there, you can connect with us in various forms. So uh, once again, uh, until next time, thanks to everyone for listening. Mm-hmm.